down here after you. She paused for breath, a hand to her chest, and Lorna said, I wanted to see Nat catch the rats the way he did before. I told Piers to ask Nat to wait for me, but he didn't. She looked reproachfully at Nat, who in turn looked at Piers. He looked guilty. In the excitement, he had forgotten the message, and Nat, to avoid a confrontation, said hastily, "'Twas the fault of my little Jill Ferret. She's in a strange mood today, and so restless. I dared not wait any longer, or she'd have bit a hole clean through the bag, and—' "'Never mind you and your ferret,' said Beth. "'Tis Piers and Lorna I'm after.' Poor Harriet has took a turn for the worse, and you're both to ride to Ladyford with Ben and stay a few days. How worse is a turn for the worse? asked Ben. Beth avoided meeting his eye. They don't tell me much, she hedged. But is she sneezing? said Ben. Your own ears will tell you that. Beth hesitated, and there was no need for the brief nod that followed. The men crossed themselves, and the children's expressions changed. "'Tis the plague!' cried Lorna. "'Harriet has the plague!' "'I'm afeard so,' said Beth. "'But you two will be well out of it.' "'Will she die?' asked Piers, wide-eyed at the unwelcome news. "'Not if the mistress has her way,' said Beth. "'Beatrice didn't die, did she? "'Maria has sent for the doctor and will nurse Harriet herself, "'though how she'll find the strength, I don't know.' for she's only just come back from Exeter, poor soul, and has gone so thin with the worry of Beatrice. And now she's another patient on her hands, said Nat. He swung his sack over his shoulder and waited hopefully for someone to remember his fee. But Beth was hustling the two children to saddle up their ponies, refusing to allow them back into the house, promising to send clothes and toys after them. Your mother wants you out of heron at once, she told them, so no ifs or buts, and she says to do as your Aunt Melissa bids you and be no trouble to her. Bryn barked suddenly and darted off after a large ginger cat which sprang down from the stable roof. Nat coughed loudly and Ben said, Ah, your money. Seventy-one rats, you say? How much is that then? I'm no scholar. You'd best see the mistress. Beth said, there's none to be allowed into the house. He must see Hugo when he comes back from the mine, which will be within the hour. Wait here, Nat, and the master'll pay you. Nat lowered his sack to the ground, settled himself on the cobbles beside it, and took a hunk of cheese from his pocket and began to eat hungrily. Protesting half-heartedly, the children were finally mounted on their respective ponies, and Ben threw a saddle over the old mare's back. No message, then? he asked Beth as he swung himself up. Beth put a hand to her perspiring forehead and tried to think. Say as the doctor is sent for and please to keep them until she gets word and there'll be a letter in the morning and say Harriet's sneezing and... Her lips quivered suddenly and Ben looked at her sharply. And what? he demanded, his voice rough with fear, but Beth shook her head helplessly, unable to utter the dread words. Not, Ben's face paled. Beth, with a glance towards the children, nodded. Beneath Harriet's fair skin, a scattering of faint blotches were already visible. The dark tokens indicated the later stages of the most virulent form of the disease. Ben drew in a deep breath, then slowly let it out. 
Then, with a forced smile, he turned to the children. Let's be on our way, then, he said, and Nat and Beth watched in silence as the small cavalcade passed through the yard and out of sight. Nat whistled. I've seen folk fit as a fiddle at sunrise and dared by nightfall, he said with more truth than tact, and then cursed himself for a fool as Beth burst into loud, ugly sobs and made her way back to the house, her large body shaking with fear and grief. Harriet's skin burned as her temperature soared. She could bear no covering over her and was only soothed when Maria bathed her with tepid water. But as soon as the water had dried off, she would once more pucker her face in discomfort and moan for water. Her lips had cracked and her dry tongue licked them ineffectually. Maria applied butter and goose grease, but they too gave only temporary relief. The all-important Bubo did not appear.